Hi, this is Julie Marie, and you're listening to FYM Radio, the music entertainment and talk show that has been endorsed by several organizations, activists, and family members dedicated to raising awareness of missing cases. This webcaster uses Radio Amber, the Internet Radio Amber Alert System, helping to keep your children safe. A public service from the Internet Broadcasting Community and this station. My name is Justin Harvey, and I am an advocate for the missing and abducted, working with the headmaster of the missing and abducted, David Levitt. On my radio show, I have had actors from Kickboxer and Bloodsport featured on my show. I am a prime example of someone with a disability like cerebral palsy that does things when people say no, I say yes I can and go out and do it. I have been a longtime supporter and head worker of Missing and Abducted, so without further ado, David Levitt, take it away. Thank you very much, Justin Harvey. You work very hard with the Missing and Abducted to help raise awareness to missing persons, parental stranger abductions, human trafficking cases, and giving left-behind parents of parental and stranger abductions and human trafficking the opportunity to explain their stories to the general public and their journey to find their abducted children. And people, be sure to listen to the Justin Harvey Show on YouTube and on our Facebook page at The Missing and Abducted. All background music for The Missing and Abducted and Speak Your Mind Radio has been provided by me, Justin Ray Harvey of The Justin Harvey Show. Be sure to tune in on YouTube at Frank Dukes Fan for my official channel for shows and updates. See you there. Keep on rocking, David Levitt. Hello, good evening, everybody, and welcome to the show. Uh, in this video episode of The Missing and Abducted, I am joined by my co-host and West Virginia's first ever undefeated pro wrestling champion, Bloodsport expert, and Frank Duke's historian, Justin Harvey, and the host of The Justin Harvey Show. And tonight, we'll be talking with a team of activists and advocates who has a passion for helping the victims of human trafficking and the missing and murdered. Tonight, we'll be talking about their team that is going to Las Vegas to search for answers and, if God willing, find missing Jesse Foster. Our first guest is Glendine Grant, mother of missing Jesse Foster and founder of MATH, Mothers Against Trafficking Humans, and who hosts her own blog talk radio show, The World of the Missing and Exploited. Our second guest is Mary Eugene, an activist and advocate whose best friend was murdered 31 years ago and chose to take on the task four years ago of going after the murderer of her best friend. After Glendine reached out to Mary for her friend's case for her blog talk radio show, they began to talk for hours on the phone, and that's when Mary heard about Jesse's story and contacted Victoria with ISC Investigations, a Californian private investigation company assisting families finding their missing loved ones, and Shannon, an executive director at Run to Rescue, a registered 501c3 nonprofit Christian organization that will reach, rescue, and restore victims of human trafficking. And without further ado, let's bring our first guest in, Glendine Grant. Hi, Glendine. Well, thank you very much, you guys, for having me. I appreciate it. It's been a while, and uh, I'm grateful to be back um, talking with you guys again. Thank you. You're welcome. So, can you um, 
can you tell us um, about Jesse? I mean, growing up as a, as a child. I sure will. Um, Jesse is my second oldest out of four daughters, and um, very very active in school. She was always in dance or brownies or guides, swimming lessons, uh, you name it. Um, she would take kung fu lessons and and um, always did things like went to Bible camp in the summer and and any kind of camp that came up with guides. She was always really involved in that. Loved going on school outings, you know, went several times, you know, to Barkerville and things like that. And just always, always very sociable. When she was 16 years old, she asked if she could move back to Calgary where she was born and um, and stay with her dad. She wanted to live with her dad. She never had. And, and she thought it was just time. Okay. Yeah. And now... Uh, and as you, uh, she went now. When she went missing, I mean, there was. Uh, she, you say she went to Calgary. I mean, she's from Calgary, and she went to. She was now. She ended up missing in Las Vegas. That's right. Because when she moved back to Calgary in grade eleven, and then stayed there for grade twelve and graduated, she met a guy there. Um, you know, no, not somebody she dated. It was just a young guy that um, would go to the same clubs and um, hung around with the same types of people that she did, and over time. They became friends, and so when um, when Jesse was 20 years old, she put her things into storage and moved back to Kamloops. And at the time that she did that, um, this person that she had met that thought was her friend started calling her and asking her on trips. Now, it, now to fast forward now, just to tell you one thing about him, we realized later that he would be called a recruiter or or something along those lines. Um, uh, uh, we do believe that what he had been doing um, as Jesse's so-called friend all those years was grooming her. So when she moved away from Calgary, came back to Kalos, which is another province away from uh, where she was, um, I, I think that they kick-started their plan. I think that um, they didn't want her to get away. All of his, you know, grooming her, and, and by that I mean um, get, gaining her trust, you know, becoming her friend, gaining her trust and allowing it to be where she would go somewhere with them, which is exactly what happened. By the time Jesse was invited to go on a so-called vacation to uh, Florida, she'd known this person for three years, and as a 20-year-old young woman, she figured that if she knew somebody for three years, that's, she knew them. Um, myself, I mm -hmm. thought, mm -hmm. you know, three years is not long enough to know someone if they're not being upfront with you. And, and he never was up front with her. He said his mother lived in Florida, and she doesn't. She lives in Edmonton. And um, the second time he took her away to go down to uh, Manhattan, New York, and and Atlantic City, New Jersey, um, you know, he he started um, things started turning. It was mm -hmm. on this trip that she was first asked if she would prostitute herself. Um, that that she got very upset, literally stormed right out of the room and went down to the lobby of the hotel called me up and, and told me everything that had just happened and um, she was more um, you know insulted than afraid or worried about what this fellow was going to do and I was absolutely freaking because this is exactly what I had thought the time before also is that this was you know there was something going on other than just being her friend so when it turned out that uh, um, she went back up to the room even though I did not want her to go there, but there was actually no other place for her to really go, considering that she was, you know, down in New York 
date and, uh, and it's from Canada. And she told me she wasn't afraid of him. She went back to the room and they were leaving the next day. They had um, flight booked to come back to Canada. The next day when Jesse called me, she was all excited, um, almost as if the call the night before had never happened. And in her excitement, she's telling me that they're going to Las Vegas and she's going to call me when she gets there because she had to go. And I'm trying to get through to her like, wait a minute, what happened last night? This guy had no money and wanted you to prostrate yourself. Now he's saying, let's go to Las Vegas. Um, she's in too much of a hurry for me to get any answers. And so she um, left and uh, called me when she got to Las Vegas and uh, told me she was going to stay till her birthday, which was actually two weeks exactly from that day it was, she was taken to Las Vegas May 13th, 2005 Jesse's birthday is May 27th mm-hmm. uh, so 21st birthday coming up and, and if you want to stop for a moment and think about that I mean 21 years old means that she's now legal age to get into public things so they, yes. they still needed her to turn 21 before they could really do anything with what they had in mind with Jesse and the way Jesse was um, prostituted out was very high-end clubs, nightclubs, um, you know, like it wasn't just where they, you know, got her hooked on drugs and made her go to the corner. It was nothing like that. It was, yeah. it was very intense. And um, by the time she turned 21, and um, that was the end of May, by early June, she's telling us that she's met a fellow. And um, after she went missing, another thing we found out about the month of June was that was the first month that she had been arrested in. And for one count of solicitation for the purpose of of prostitution. So when, you know, when you think about that, taken there in May, and they're already arrested by June, and and during the time that she's, you know, falling in love with this fellow and telling us she's moving in with him, and then she's engaged, um, the whole time, you know, she'd been, you know, beaten and hospitalized, her jaw had been broken, and she was arrested a second time in September, four counts of solicitation for the purpose of prostitution. <laughs> and all this, if you really think about how fast that all happened, um, you know, and, and I, I kind of sometimes look at the fact that she was arrested and charged with so many offenses is, you know what, I'm, this might be a smart aleck response to say, but either she's the dumbest um, prostitute in Las Vegas, or she was actually trying to get herself arrested and trying to get herself sent back to Canada. Mm-hmm. That was gonna be that was gonna be my next question. Yeah. Is yeah, she could have yeah, exactly. Nothing ever. No. They just kept releasing her. They'd hold her in jail. The next day, Peter mm-hmm. taught come. He'd pay her bail and take her home. Hey, and David, I'll interject for a second here. I got the question yep. for uh, Glendine. Um, Go ahead. When you reported her missing, uh, what did the police say, Glendine? Well, initially, when we report tried to report her missing, when I first tried. They told me I couldn't report her missing yet because um, her dad and his uh, wife and stepdaughters and families had um, gone down to Mexico for one of the stepdaughter's weddings. Mm-hmm. Her wedding reception was coming up in Calgary after that, in which Jesse was coming home for. Uh, she was actually, um, her older sister was going down to Las Vegas and they were going to come back together. They were going to go together to Calgary for their stepsister's wedding reception. But in the meantime, um, Jesse went missing before that, and mm-hmm. when I tried to report her missing, the police said, well, you know what, there's a chance that she went with them and just didn't tell you. And no matter you know, what we said or tried to tell them, that's, that she's not going to go to Mexico and not tell anyone. Um, but mm-hmm. we had to wait, and we had to wait until he came home before we could report her missing. 
and that was not until um, you know the first week of April, and she went missing on March 29th. So she was missing for um, about 11 days. The, we believe she was missing 11 days before the police would let us take a report, because as soon as they came back from Mexico, um, they told us what we knew that Jesse had not gone with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, um, since then, Glending, what steps have you taken? Have you talked with psychics or private investigators? You know, you know, kind of give us an update of what you've been doing since then, now that we know that she's obviously missing. Well, we've done everything we could think of, including psychics and private investigators. Um, I, I do not, um, suggest that someone with a missing loved one go directly to a psychic and pay them money to get answers because you won't get them. I mean, I've talked to 40 psychics over the years. Um, four of them have told me she, you know, is not alive. The rest have told me she is. None of them have told me where. So, um, that's not, that wouldn't be the way to go. I mean, there are times that psychics have helped police in investigations and specifically lead them to bodies and, and, you know, help them literally mm-hmm. swap times. That's happened. But if you think about people like, you know, Sylvia Brown telling Sean Hornsbeck and Amanda, um, of my mind went blank, but telling parents that their children who are missing are dead and in both of those cases their children came back alive. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. you can't, yes. you, those are things you cannot do because it's, the roller coaster is bad enough without getting your hopes on something. Um, I, I don't get my hopes up. I just, um, I, I don't appreciate, I, I do appreciate it. I, I don't expect a thing. In Jesse's case, I'm not expecting anything. I, I stopped mm-hmm. expecting things a long time ago because when you're expecting things, it lifts you up and, and it's too far to fall every time. So I just appreciate everything that happens. And this includes you guys having us on the show. This includes what's happening down in Vegas next week. It includes everything that's going on and has gone on since Jesse's disappearance. But what I do recommend is the first thing that families do is, of course, report them missing. They need to get a website. They need to start up social media. And they need to um, just get their loved ones' posters everywhere they can. If it's local, then mm-hmm. you just go around and put your posters up. With us, it, it wasn't local. It was n- not even national. So it was a little bit harder. But, you know, we started to meet people and... and People started helping us, and they would put up posters for us all over, actually all over the world, but especially down in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's very it's great because there are people who have seen Jesse, and there are people who are going to have their memories jogged by looking at one of those posters that get put up. Um, mm-hmm. I've also, as you guys mentioned in the introduction, I, I did start my own blog talk radio show, Missing and Exploited, and it's to... Um, it, it is to help other families um, cope with what they're going through, but it's also to help me. I needed to have my own. I needed to learn to cope with what's going on with Jesse's mm-hmm. disappearance, and mm-hmm. I found that in my coping, um, it, it came in two forms. And one is helping other families and speaking publicly um, anywhere that I can about human trafficking and Jesse, and and I do both. And I just, um, and, and I keep going, and through that I meet people like you guys and people like the other women that have joined us on the phone tonight and and yes. so many more people, <laughs> and because of that, um, it, it's just never, it's not going away. You know, right now, um, last um, weekend we had a documentary, a couple of people from a documentary team from Calgary here working on a documentary they're doing on Jesse, 
and um, there's been two articles in January in the Las Vegas Tribune. I've been interviewed just, well, tomorrow is going to be the second one by the Las Vegas Sun. So even to know that all of this is still going on down there is, um, I suppose, next to Jesse being home, I really can't ask for a lot more than what's really going on. Mm-hmm. Yes. Except maybe mm-hmm. somebody to put up a million dollar reward. That wouldn't hurt either. But you know what? It hasn't got Natalie Holloway back, so sometimes right. rewards don't work. Yeah. Now, now Dean, your last conversation with Jesse, did she give you any indication at all that she was in any danger whatsoever? Jesse never gave an indication ever during the entire 10 months that she was in Las Vegas before she went missing. As far as we knew, she was mm-hmm. down there living in a three-quarters of a million dollar house with a wealthy boyfriend driving fancy cars going to beautiful clubs and having fun all the time and engaged to be married and happy as a clam that's that's what we thought but but now when we look back and if you look and you think okay you know hindsight right mm-hmm. she kept in yep. constant contact with us while she was there it wasn't the day that went by and the time she was gone but jesse didn't phone somebody or text somebody, whether it was me, one of her sisters, or, or one of her many, many friends, her stepmom, anybody, somebody. There was always somebody who heard from Jesse every day. And if you think about it after the fact, with hindsight, you can look at it as, well, you know, it, it might not have been so much as to say hi every single day. It could have been so that, and it did happen, what I'm about to say did happen. It could have been so that when communication stopped, or if it ever stopped, we would realize it sooner rather than later. And that's what happened. I mean, her sister tried to call her on the 29th, her younger sister, couldn't get a hold of her. And um, so I tried, and I couldn't get a hold of her. And Because when Katie told me, I'm like, well, that's weird. Oh, well, she'll call me back. And the next day, her older sister, Crystal, also said, Mom, I've been trying to call Jesse now for yesterday and today, and I can't get a hold of her. And so I tried again, and, that, and we knew. And it only took her two sisters calling and, and then me trying for us to know if something was wrong. She didn't not ever call us back. And another thing that I think Jesse did um, purposely, in mm-hmm. case something happened, and by in case, what I mean is, Jesse knew what was going down, going on down there. Even if we didn't mm-hmm. know what was going on, she did, be it good or bad. And she probably mm-hmm. saw a lot more than what we could imagine. And she probably knew that, you know, if anything was to happen, she would need to do something. So not only was she in constant contact with us all the time, but during her one time back to Canada, she um, was in Kamloops visiting us, went to Calgary to visit her dad and stepfamily, came back to Kamloops. And when she went missing, I went to the storage unit I told you she had. She put her stuff in storage when she moved back to Kamloops. And when we went to her storage unit in Calgary, um, not only did we find all of Jesse's belongings that she put in there before she moved, but we found pictures of all these people that she had met down in Las Vegas. I mean, we had pictures of Peter Todd. We had pictures of Donald Vaz. We had pictures of Richard Walcott and Yvonne Huxbreton. And these people are the key people who were involved with Jesse at the time of her disappearance. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're anything other than perhaps a person of interest or somebody that the police should have talked to by now. But they're, um, you know, staying away from us and, and just talking bad about Jesse after her disappearance just kind of tells you, you know, what they're, yeah. they're all about. And that's that they're not really her friends. If they're not really her friends, why were they pretending her to be unless 
this was all part of what they do. And by that, I mean human traffickers, recruiters, pimps, and prostitutes. Now, were any of these people, to your knowledge, Glendine, was any of these people questioned by the police? No, as I said, none of them were. Well, Peter Todd was talked to twice, once when the police went there. Upon her reporting, reported missing, they mm-hmm. did nothing. That was 10 or 11 days after she went missing. So it's, I mean, if something had happened to Jesse, it wouldn't be evident that many days later. They also mm-hmm. talked to his estranged wife, Trish, who had threatened Jesse in the past and actually cut Jesse's hand with a knife once. And, um, and they talked to her once. So Peter twice, Trish once. And when they talked to Trish, they had brought both of them in at the same time and talked to them separately. And mm-hmm. the exact quote from the police about um, what they found out of them was, well, was nothing. And the fact is that they are married to their story. So he, he said whatever was happening was not something that was going to, um, they were going to, you know, tell each on each other about. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it looks like the police would, you know, go that extra mile knowing that, you know, she's missing is what I don't understand. Well, that's it's, what none of us can understand, except I suppose if you want to try and wrap your brain around it, we have to go back to um, 2006 and realize that human trafficking was thought of as only being in another country, third world countries, mm-hmm. not to be happening in North America. And that people thinking that this is what happened to their child are are grasping at straws. And um, you also have to realize that the person who was put on Jesse's case, because she lived in North Las Vegas, it's a smaller city, um, mm-hmm. It's they don't have a missing person department or a human trafficking task force, and so there is a robbery detective put on her case. And another thing I want to also point out is that when... The, you know, Jesse's not the only woman who I know who was, know of who was taken to Las Vegas who mm-hmm. went missing after being forced into this um, lifestyle. And um, the other one is Lindsay Harris and she was found deceased, murdered. And, um, she had been, um, taken and was living in Henderson. So if you want to think about the difference between North Las Vegas and Henderson and Metro Las Vegas, is the fact that Metro Las Vegas has missing persons department, they've got pandering teams, they've got vice squads, they've got human trafficking department. They mm-hmm. don't put a robbery cop on a, a missing person who ultimately turns out to be a human trafficking case. So it, it's, I believe, part of their scheme is to keep them, uh, like if something happened, and that is when these women were reported missing, they had to be reported missing to Henderson for Lindsay and North Las Vegas for Jess. So right off the bat, we're starting with a smaller scale. Yeah. As a matter of fact, can I tell you one thing that the, the officer said to me? Mm-hmm. When I told him that um, Jesse was being forced into um, prostitution in Las Vegas, um, in, you know, their city, mm-hmm. he told me prostitution doesn't happen in North Las Vegas, that happens on the Strip. My jaw dropped, and I looked at him, and I said, I beg to differ, but prostitution happens in, in like, hick town. So, you know, just the fact that he said that, I Mm -hmm. thought, there's no way a cop of, you know, I mean, he wasn't a rookie, um, can be that naive. There's no way. Mm -hmm. So, and that's really how things have, and I mean, and... You know, 
I, I, like I'd really like you to um, go to where we could talk about what's happening next week now. Um, yeah. Just to let you know that we're coming up on eight years with Jesse missing, and yet we still have people that are looking for her physically, and and that's why we're here tonight. Actually, is to talk about that. Yes, and uh, yes, Mary, are you there? Yes, I am. Okay, Hello. so the show, Mary. Hi. Hi. Okay, so um, you were basically the one that actually got this whole thing really going um, and contacted both of these uh, um, organizations. Um, so what is going to actually be happening here uh, starting tomorrow there in Las Vegas? Well, my purpose in doing this is to go to Las Vegas and get some answers. Um, you know, as we've all talked about, we can't promise anything, but our intentions are to definitely get some answers in regarding Jessica's disappearance, so we can bring some answers back to Glendine and her family. Okay, and um, you have uh, now. How how can somebody who wants to um, volunteer to help out? How can they contact you? Um, we have um, trying to think of how to do that. We are going to be meeting at the East Las Vegas uh, Christian Center every morning at nine o'clock. Okay. And they're they're welcome to meet us there and help us hand out flyers. Obviously, some of the more intense things, such as, you know, behind the scenes, um, doing surveillance and that kind of stuff, we won't be allowing, uh, you know, the common citizen to do that because we can't take a chance of putting them at risk. Right. Uh, but, you know, going downtown, going down on the strip, going to specific locations, passing out flyers, asking people if they've seen anything, heard anything, do they know anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Victoria... Yes. Yeah. Um, my question now, if if someone um, is there, um, now somebody needed, if, like I say, if someone heard this and they had, because I know that we, we have one case that's going on here that I've been trying to actually get in contact with the parent, um, but uh, they do want their privacy, so they're all referring everything to the assistant attorney general, and mm-hmm. is um, Abigail Hernandez, and they believe that she could be possibly a victim of someone that's either um, holding her against her will or helping her out because she went missing October 9th and on, on October 22nd she wrote there was a letter that was written and mailed on the 23rd to the to the mother that she did not receive until the 6th of November I mean uh, excuse me yes November 6th but wasn't released until to the public to December 6th because I needed to do some investigation and they feel that her she was at grave risk and could be possibly a victim of human trafficking now if someone if this family if I was to get a hold of this family or the attorney general how and they she wanted to actually hire a private investigator how would they get a hold of you well, they can always call us directly, um, and I'll actually give you that that number. Um, if at any time, if anyone wants to reach out to us directly, they're more than welcome to call us directly. They can um, um, send us a private message directly on our on our business Facebook page. Um, you know, and at any time we get any sort of messages, um, either it's um, either it's via telephone or or private message. I'm always the one who's actually going to be the one calling them back. So that way, um, all the details can be spoken to about um, right then and there. Um, now, also with that, we are um, licensed private investigators in the state of California. 
So anytime we actually assist families outside of California, such as, let's say, for example, um, regarding Abigail, um, yeah. Abigail's case, we actually would have to go in there kind of as an advocate, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so that's when our, our overall networking kind of has to come into play. We do have um, private investigators that do assist us. Um, you know, with running certain reports. However, um, a lot of times we can actually run those reports ourselves. Um, it just, you know, it just really all, all depends. Um, sometimes the families are a little hesitant on actually hiring a private investigations company that's not within their, with, within their, their local state only because there's a lot of telephone calls, yes. a lot of Skype, FaceTime and so forth. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, I, as a parent, I definitely do get that and I, I see it. Um, you know, but my thing is, and what I always tell all, all, all families, and I, I think that Glendine could also vouch for this as well, is that, um, anytime we talk to any family, the one thing we do is that we do not make false promises. We're not going to tell any parent that we can, that we can absolutely find your, your, your missing loved one. Um, you know, we have to let them know that, you know, there's a 50-50 possibility that we might not be able to find them. Um, you know, so it really all goes into, um, really being able to talk to the family and the family a lot of times have a, has already a lot of knowledge and information that actually helps us out in the long run. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, and your Facebook page is? It's, um, ISC Investigations. Okay. And of course, um, your website is www.iscinv.com and of Correct. course your contact details are right there. Um, yeah. c- can you tell us a little bit about uh, either you, uh, you, Victoria, or Mary, about Run to Rescue? Um, you know, Mary's definitely going to be the the better person to speak okay. about Run to Rescue. So I'm going to turn that over to Mary. Okay. I think pretty much. I think pretty much what you said was um, was correct. Yeah. Um, it is a Christian based 501c3, um, you know, nonprofit organization who reaches out to um, victims on the street. They do outreach, and they, you know, in hopes of recovering, the girls are willing to come with them, recover, and, uh, you know, send them off for treatment and get them restored. Okay. Uh, and uh, their website is, of course, www.run, and that's the number two, rescue.com. And their, yep, and their Facebook page, which I'm looking up right now, <laughs> is the same thing. It's uh, Run to Rescue. Uh, you can That's just do, yeah, you can just do that, and of course, um, there is a way to actually you can message the page correctly. I mean, correct? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep, that's true. Yeah. So it's another way that people can actually um, uh, contact them too is on Facebook. Okay. Um, well, that's it's great what you're doing, Mary and Victoria. Um, I really do hope that you get some answers for Glendine. Um, I just wanted, Glendine, just to talk a little bit about, if you could, about your organization, Mothers Against uh, Trafficking Humans. Well, that came out of um, just knowing that I needed to do something that would be able to help families, like mothers, fathers, anybody who wants to be involved, because it certainly, you know, does not uh, mean that you have to be just... Um, you know, a mother to be involved, but it, but it just came out. Um, well, one day I was talking with another woman whose daughter is a survivor of human trafficking, and um, at the same time, we both said, "Well, something like math, mothers against trafficking humans," and we just we started laughing because that was kind of funny. We both said the same thing, same time, <laughs> um, and I just 
kind of went with it. I just thought, you know what, I have to do something um, besides just talk about it. And now, you know, I mean, as a matter of fact, uh, early next month, I'm going up to Prince George to for the second um, time for for the um, it's Casey is the Community Against Sexual Exploitation of Youth, mm-hmm. and they've got a program, yeah, and it's Youth Against Poverty. And so this will be my second time speaking about them when they have their um, year celebration. Um, and it's phenomenal. I mean, um, in May here in Kamloops, uh, math is going to be, I'm going to be speaking through, through math. Um, Crime Stoppers and the RCMP, people, RCMP are having a Western Canada um, tra- human trafficking conference. And um, we're having Joyce Smith. It's going to be phenomenal. Oh, great. Good. Um, okay, now... There is also, if people, if you would like to help out with um, with the uh, search with Jesse, I mean, uh, there in Las Vegas. There, I have the address actually of the East Vegas Christian Center. Yes, it's sixty four fifty mm-hmm. Stewart Avenue, Las Vegas. Okay, all right. I was just going to ask that, and um, also is if you'd like to donate. Um, actually, they we have set it down. Is it Mary that set this up for the GoFundMe? Well, actually, it's set up through Run to Rescue because it's a non-profit. So okay. people could use that as a tax write-off or a donation. As a donation. Okay. And, um, they and we've raised so far $310. Oh, that's good. So another $100 more from when we last talked. Yeah, yeah exactly. Even from the last time I looked. Yep. Uh, well, that's we great. Still there, their goal is 2000 so it would be really nice if we could... Um, Nope. Yes. You know, yes. If, if but I, you know what? If you'd like, I can give you the web address for yep. the GoFund to help bring Jesse home. Yes. Go ahead. It's all one word: GoFundMe.com forward slash, and it's number six. Letter I like internet. G like grandma. U like underneath. Y like yellow. W like welcome. So six I G U Y W. Okay, and also I have put up a widget on um, uh, my website, Speak Your Mind Radio, SYMRadio.com, um, and you can go into the post that I put on for uh, Jesse Foster, victim of human trafficking. You can go right there, and there is a where, place right there where you can actually go into and uh, make a donation there too. Um, also, this ar- well, this archive here of the show will also be on that page too, and also you can listen to her shows on that page too, or at blogtalkradio.com forward slash missing and that's a n d exploited. Uh, absolutely, David, and also you might want to tell the audience that if they need any of this information again. They can also contact me and you on Facebook. Yes, and uh, Justin's Facebook page is facebook.com, the Justin Harvey Show, or because uh, of Justin Ray Harvey is his personal profile. And, of course, you can contact me at The Missing and Abducted on Facebook. And also, another way you can contact me is through my email at sympradio at yahoo.com. Um, mm-hmm. And Justin, your email address is again? Uh, FrankDukesFan at gmail.com and Dukes is spelled D-U-X-F-A-N at gmail.com. Okay. Alrighty. Well, thanks for joining us and giving us the time to actually talk with you and share your story with us. Glendine, we're glad to have you and I know that you're glad to have 
that we have had you here on the show too. Yes, definitely, guys. Yeah. Thank you. And to let you know, also, this is going on from tomorrow, uh, the 16th till the 24th, is when all of this is going out. That you can hand out the flyers and help out. And yeah, um, like I say, you can also keep updated on their fa- on Glendine's Facebook page at um, Math. That's Mothers Against Trafficking Humans. Also, David, yes. I, I apologize for interrupting. Just um, one one last thing. Yep. Um, we would like to go ahead and um, let everyone know that there is an anonymous tip line that we've actually put in place. Now, this tip line is not affiliated whatsoever with law enforcement. Um, people can call in or they can even text us any sort of tips in, in regards to Jesse Foster. That number is 775-241-3906. Okay, thank you, and um, thank you for mentioning that. Okay, I think that's going to wrap it up for uh, for this edition of The Missing and Abducted. Um, thanks a lot, Glenn Dean. Thank you, Victoria, and thank you, Mary, and thanks, Justin, for joining us, too. Absolutely, David. Oh, I always got your back, David. You know that. Oh, yes, always you do, even if you don't feel good. <laughs> uh, and I want to thank Mary yep. and Victoria from the bottom of my heart for what they're doing. Thank you very much and everybody that's affiliated with you for this it, it means so much and I wanted, to, I wanted to let our guests know that this show should be up by tomorrow night on my youtube channel so perfect yes thank you yes. thank you all you're welcome all right thanks a lot you have a god you all have a good evening thank you you too thank you. yes you're welcome thank you god bless god bye-bye. bless bye-bye Hey everybody, this is the webmaster of Speak Your Mind Radio and host of the Missing and Abducted Radio Show on YouTube and Facebook. Justin Harvey has always been a great friend to me, a longtime supporter and advocate for the missing and abducted, who works very hard with raising awareness and continues to inspire many people as he has overcome this cerebral palsy by hosting this show, writing a book, training under the legendary Grandmaster Frank Dukes and becoming West Virginia's first ever undefeated pro wrestling champion. The Justin Harvey Show is endorsed by some of the biggest names in the world of martial arts and entertainment like Frank Dukes, inspiration for the movie Bloodsport and Kumite champion. Mahabakisi, actor who played Chong Po in the movie Kickboxer and Tony Luke Jr., actor, entrepreneur, and martial artist. So I urge you to follow and subscribe to the hottest internationally known podcast around the world by going to facebook.com, The Justin Harvey Show, where you can like his Facebook page, receive a free copy of My CP Prison, written by Justin himself, for liking the page. And as an added bonus, when you subscribe to his YouTube channel, you will receive... Justin's cover version of Fight to Survive from Bloodsport's original version of Fight to Survive by Paul Herzog. recognize my name from the movie Bloodsport. John Claude Van Damme portrays me in the movie. Well, I want to introduce you to a real champ, a real comité, find his own right, Justin Ray Harvey. Enjoy the show. Won't be disappointed.
This webcaster uses Radio Amber, the Internet Radio Amber Alert System, helping to keep your children safe. A public service from the Internet Broadcasting Community and this station. Hi, this is your host from SYM Radio with a public service announcement. We have an endangered missing senior citizen alert. He is a 79-year-old Cleveland, Ohio man who has been missing since December 7th, 2006. He was 73 at the time of his disappearance, and his family is asking to help find him. Willie Chuck Stanbury was last seen at two locations on Thursday, December 7th, 2006, at approximately 7.15 p.m., near the intersection of East 89th Street and Grand Avenue, where he owns property, and then at the Shell gas station, where he got gas, on East 123rd in St. Clair at approximately 7.45 p.m. He was driving a 2001 Hunter Green Ford Focus with Ohio license plate EAU8688. When he went missing, he owned three houses, was a gospel musician, had a girlfriend, and talked to his grandchildren every day. He has not been seen or heard from since the evening of his disappearance. His race is black, with black balding hair, brown eyes, 6 feet 2 inches tall, and weighs 210 pounds, wears glasses and walks with a limp in his right leg. He was last seen wearing a baseball cap, beige jogging suit, and suede jacket. If you believe you have any information regarding this case that will be helpful in this investigation, please contact the 24-hour confidential information line at 216-367-9035. For more information on this case also, you can visit their Facebook page at Missing Willie C. Stanbury Sr. And for other information on all other cases, please visit us on Facebook at facebook.com Missing and Abducted. This has been a public service announcement brought to you by SYM Radio, J-Ray Radio, a public service for the surrounding communities and the internet broadcasting community. The family, volunteers, and in collaboration with Speak Your Mind Radio, the Justin Harvey Show, and the Missing and Abducted Radio Show has created this public service announcement related to Christina Kleckner, who has been missing since October 1st of 2011 from Cleveland, Ohio. Christina Kleckner has medical issues, is mentally challenged, and may fluctuate from seemingly age-appropriate behaviors to childlike behaviors. She is considered vulnerable and in need of her medications. Christina also has suicidal tendencies. When Christina took adventures out, she was always accompanied by the family or caregiver. The parents reported Christina missing on Sunday, October 2, 2011, after last seeing her at 8 p.m. the night before when an argument had occurred. When Christina's father went to her room the next morning to check on her, he had found Christina wasn't in her room and her PJs were in the middle of her floor. In the morning also, the back door was found to be unlocked. The family says she has ran away in the past, but has always come home. Christina has a scar from a dog bite on her left ankle. The clothing that was missing from Christina's room is her black boots, black vinyl jacket, 
bling jeans, a blue jean skirt, a blue jean purse with a pic of Tinkerbell. Christina Kleckner was 24 years old at the time of her disappearance and is now 26 and will be 27 on May 27th of this year. She has brown hair, blue eyes, weighs between 180 to 200 pounds, and is 5 feet 5 inches tall. Anyone who has seen or has any information on Christina's disappearance is asked to call the Cleveland, Ohio 2nd District Detectives at 216-623-5262 or 216-623-5218. If you are afraid to call, please send me or help find Christina Kleckner's group admin and inbox.